have your Bibles turned to John chapter 6. Mark that place. If you got a bookmark, turn over to Mark chapter 6. Using these two accounts of the same situation that the uh, disciples were in. But we've seen in the series of messages, God will provide in the dark places of life. God will be with you in the dark places. And we find out that you're probably more better off when you come through the dark place than you were before you went into the dark place. We've used uh, Isaiah 45 and 3. It says, I will give thee treasures out of darkness, the hidden riches of secret places. Why would God allow his children to go through dark places in life? That thou may knowest that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. A lot of great things have been birthed into our lives out of the darkness. You would not be the Christian that you are if it had not been for the fact that you stood in dark places and allowed God to do what He needs to do in your life. Even though sometimes you said, Lord, where are you at? God, what are you doing to my life? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. That God would actually put us in a position where we have to learn to lean on Him. And He does. Listen, if there's always sunshine in your life, if the weather is always fair and no storms, you catch every stoplight going through there and green every time, you wouldn't need God. But like this morning, I said, there's going to be seasons of time in your life that you're going to, you're going to need God. And you're going to go through those trials and tribulations. And, and if you don't go through them and learn how to deal with them and learn how to move through those, you're going to fall and drift away and back up on God. God has been good. Whatever you need is in the Word of God. Whatever you need, if you can find it in the Word of God. And God puts us in the dark places so that we may find Him and draw closer to Him. Amen. John chapter 6 is a very familiar story. But I want to use Mark and John chapter 6 to give you this thought that, uh, about the dark places. And the thought is the word that gets us through dark places. The word that gets us through dark places. John chapter 6 verse 15. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to take, make him king, he departed again into the mountains himself alone. Now this is right on the cuff of him feeding the 5,000 men, not including the men, women and children. And they see that this, this, is, this is something else. And, and I imagine that when the disciples were passing out the, the, the meal, 
Everybody got to think, man, we ought to make this man a king. Let's just take and set him on the throne. We'll overthrow the government, and we'll put him on the, king, on the throne because he is what we need at this time. But it wasn't time for a throne. It was time for a cross. Verse 16, when even was now come to his disciples, he went down on the sea, and he entered into the ship and went over to the sea toward the Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reasons of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty and thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they said, We're afraid. But he said unto the men, It is I, be not afraid. Then they wittingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land where they went. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Just ask you to touch our hearts, help and strengthen us, Lord. And we'll praise and glorify you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Verse 17, it said, uh, And enter into the ship where it went over to the sea toward Capernaum, and it was now dark, and the Jew, Jesus was now come to them. It, it's easy to get nervous when you get into a situation like disciples are in, a dark season, a dark situation in life, and you don't know where Jesus is at. That is where they are at. It is now dark. They have an issue in life. And the Lord is nowhere to be found. This is the second storm uh, they go through with the Lord. You can find the first one in Matthew chapter 4. And in that story, Jesus is in the boat with them. From the very beginning, from the very start. And he was asleep on a pillow, you remember that? He gets up and walks through the front of the boat and says, Peace be still. It's easier to go through a storm... When you can see the Lord and you know what He's doing in your life. It's hard to deal with a storm when you're wondering, Lord, where are you at? Lord, what are you doing? We see there's a conflict in the dark. What Matthew said about this storm in the ship was tossed with waves. That means they were going this way and that way, and the waves would raise them up and drop them back down. This, but they were in a boat that's just going to and fro, just being shaken. It's a rough ride. Mark and Matthew both said the wind was contrary. That means the wind was going against them. So the wind is blowing against them. There's nothing in favor and seemingly everything has gone wrong. John 6, it said it was a great wind that blew. And this, now this is not a gulf breeze where you feel out there and just feel this warm breeze air flowing. It's not a gulf breeze. It's a great wind. The boat is being shaken from side to side, up and down. The wind is in their face, and they're wondering, where is the Lord at? You have maybe been in that situation tonight yourself. The problems of life are tossing you one way to the other way. And it seems like that every day I get up, it seems like the wind is blowing directly at my face and impedes my progress to walk, to move. Can I say the conflicts of life is part of life? 
If you don't have conflicts in your life, the only remedy that I, if you don't want them, if you don't want a conflict in your life, the only remedy that I can think of, I can give you two recipes for that. One is to shut yourself up and don't go around nobody like yourself. Don't move, don't do anything. But I find a problem with that because sooner or later, you're going to have a conflict with yourself. Amen. You'll be standing in the mirror and getting really mad at the person that's looking back at you. I don't want to talk to you. And the other remedy for that is the grave. In this life, you're going to have conflicts. We find Christ in the dark. Jesus gets in the dark with him. There's one thing I want you to see. see. Continue to remind of these messages. If you don't get anything, that in every dark place, Jesus will show up. In all the dark places, you'll see Jesus showing up and showing out tonight. I don't care what kind of dark conflict you're going through in your life. The Lord will show up. You may ask in the darkness, what is the Lord doing? He, He lets them labor for a while. So what's he doing if they're out there rowing and, and laboring? What is he doing? The Bible said he went to the mountain to pray. Mark said that he is on the mountain praying. And while he's praying, he looks down and sees them. You may ask, what is Jesus doing in the middle of my conflict? Can I tell you he's looking at you and he's praying for you? He's at the right hand of the Father. He's praying. He's making intercession for you and I. And and I'm telling you what he's praying. He's praying that your faith does not fail. Lord, I, I see them struggling. I see what's going on in their life. I see it's a messed up way. The wind is contrary to them. They're struggling. They're fighting. But Lord, I pray that their faith does not fail can I say if nobody in this world prays for you Jesus is praying for you and he wants you to succeed he wants you to move look at Mark chapter 6 I want you to see the command and constraint leading into the darkness tonight. I I want to tell you about a word to get us all through the dark places of life. The word of God can get us all through the dark places of life at times. uh, Chapter 6, verse 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and and go to the other side before Bethsaida. While he sent away the people. And we had sent them away. He departed into the mountain to pray. And when even was come. The ship was in the midst of the sea. And he was alone on the mountain side. And he saw them toiling in the rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night. He cometh unto them. Walking upon the sea. And without would have passed by them. That word constraint means to 
uh, uh, appearing to force or overly, con- overly consumed or controlled is to carry the idea that literally pushing the boat, pushing them into it. It's, it's got this idea that when they, they said, uh, we want to take Jesus and make him king, and Jesus realized what he's saying, he literally takes his disciples and says, get in the boat and go to the other side. That's what he's constraining them to do. Listen, there are conflicts, yes. There are being tossed with the waves and wind, yes. They're worrying and wondering where Jesus is, yes. But I tell you what got them to keep going is, even in the darkness they're going through, they have the Word of God. They have a command from the Lord that He told them in the light, in the daytime. And they shouldn't doubt what he told them in the daytime, in the nighttime. Amen? And the word is, get in the boat and go to the other side. Listen, they're not clinging to their feelings. When things go wrong, they cling to what is he had said. If if you constantly, we talked about it this morning, if you're constantly clinging to your feelings or or somebody else's feelings, and if you're doing it in the dark times, in the dark places of life, you're going to wind up shipwrecked. You'll wind up out of church. You'll wind up quitting on God. So what's going to help me through the dark places of my life? You get a hold of the Word of God. And what he's already said, and what he said in his word, I, I don't know what is coming, but I know what he has already said to me. I, I'm going to live for God in spite of what may come. Listen, our feelings can change from one minute to the next minute. I told you this morning. You go from one extreme to the other extreme. That's our feelings. We can get up on Sunday morning shouting the victories, come back on Sunday night and have a pooch mouth. So how do you level that out? How do you go from one extreme, I'm shouting and praising God, and the next extreme, I, I'm, just, I'm just upset. Instead of going by feelings, go by the fact that Jesus Christ said it. I know what He said. And he said to get in the boat and go to the other side. That's what he said. And if that's what he said, I'm going to do it. Now, I don't know what the waves are going to do. I don't know what my feelings are going to do. But I know the fact is he told me to do something to the best of my ability. I'm going to do what he said to do, regardless how I feel. When flying, and I learned this the hard way, when flying, it's easy to fly when you can see. I mean, there it is. There's There's a runway. I can see that. It's easy, and life is real good. But when you're in a place that you cannot see nothing, absolutely 
nothing. First time I landed in England. And <laughs> see, we're going in IFR. I'm young and have no clue what IFR was. I said, is that the name of the airport? No. We're going in instrument flight only. I'm going to land this plane looking only at their instruments. You got a parachute? Because I'll jump. I'll jump. And what they do, they train them that they get in a situation that when you're in a, a, a fog, let's say if I looked at the window landing, you could, you could hear the fog hitting off the plane. And we actually missed the runaway. His, his IFR flying was not that good. Went like that. Went all the way down the sunway like that. Looked out and looked. The plane all the way down the side. The plane was mud and everything else. They had to come out and wash it all. They, they, they put a hood on you to teach you that don't rely on what your body and your feelings are telling you because you, you could be flying and you can't see anything. Your body actually telling you you're banking right and going down when actually you're, you're banking left and going up. So you don't know. So they tell you, they try to train you to focus on what the instruments are telling you because they won't lie to you. It'll help you out. And what they do, they get you in a plane and put that hood on you and then they mess all the instruments up and they say, look, and just look at the instrument and try to correct everything that way. But if you're looking out on the horizon, it's easy to fly when you got VFR. But IFR, totally different. See, that, that's what they're doing. They're, they're saying, hey, I, I'm going to totally rely on what God. No matter what my feelings do, no matter what's coming after me, it may look like I'm doing that, but actually I might be doing this. I'm just going to go on what God said to do. Amen. I don't know what the way is going to do. You're going to get in times in your life where your feelings are going to tell you, quit. Your feelings are going to tell you, do this or do that. Or try this or try that. But what you've got to do is an instrument, and that is the Word of God. And it's always right. It's never wrong. An instrument, instrument will say, no, don't do that. No, don't go that way. Walk ye in the way of the Lord. There have been many of Christians that wind up and have messed up because they went on their feelings instead of what the Word of God has said. And I'm telling you, you you'll see it, you'll see the way. We don't know what's going on, but we have an instrument that is 100% true. You can take it to the bank. The sweetest thing tonight is the Word of God telling you something before you ever got into the ship. What, what gives you comfort in the dark times of life? And you don't know the way. We rely on the Word of God. And it's already said, if He's already said it, it will never steer you wrong. The Word of God. The sweetest thing to come out of darkness is the Word of God. It will help you through the dark times of your life. Amen. 
So get in the boat and go to the other side is to command. So what did this word do for them? What did this word do for them? This command, what did it do for them? This constraint, what did it do for them? Let's go back to John chapter 6. First of all, uh, John verse 14, 6, 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is the truth a, that a prophet that should come into the world. And when Jesus there perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again unto the mountains himself alone. This word gave them protection. So why in the world did this word give the disciples protection in the boat, on the, in the ship, on the, on the ocean, and being tossed and turned and wind contrary? It gave them protection. Now these are the 5,000 men. They saw the miracle. And they said, come and let us make him a king. And, and I imagine, listen to this, this is what gets a lot of people done. Disciples of Jesus has blessed the food, he breaks it, and the disciples are handing out all this food. And these 5,000 men, plus women and children, are watching them hand out food from all this what they had. And I imagine they're thinking in their mind, man, this is sure is a prophet. This is somebody else. And can you imagine the disciples handing out and say, hey, bud, look here. Peter, look here. See what this guy is doing? We ought to just go ahead. Let's just have a, let's just overthrow the kingdom and set him up on there. We, we set him as a king and we're going to have it easy. And now, now the disciples were handing out the food thing. Well, we already know he's king. Sounds like a good idea. Sounds like that's something we might ought to do. But I told you, it's not time for a throne, it's time for a cross. And Jesus realizes that, and they're putting stuff in their ear. And hear that. So Jesus takes them and said, hey, hey, boys, come here. Don't you listen to what they're saying. I've got the way, I've got the truth, I've got the light. Get in the boat and go to the other side. And Jesus is separating them from this crowd. And the Bible says after that, the crowd just dissipated, went to do what they were going to do, what they were going to do, and they left. But Jesus then went into the mountain to pray. I'm telling you, there are going to be times in your life when somebody gets in your ear and tell you, you know what, we could do this. We can do that. Well, what does the Word of God say? Did God say you can do it in His Word? Did God say, hey, that's all right to say that? It's all right to do that? How many of you know that the majority is not always right? The masses, they were saying, we can do this. But Jesus looked at the disciples and said, don't you listen to that massive. Don't listen to what they're saying. I'm telling you, get in the boat and go to the other side. You say, what does this mean, giving them protection? It gave them protection not to be deceived. Listen, it was not time. The first time he came, he came to be a servant and die on a cross. I'm sure getting in a boat and rowing is not a lot of fun. 
But that's what Jesus said to do. We're living in a day where the multitude are saying all kinds of things. You can hear all kinds of things, all kinds of opinions today. Well, you should worship this way. You shouldn't be against that. You shouldn't be against that. You ought to allow some things. Don't be so hard. Don't be so negative on sin. There's big sin, little sin. Don't be so hard on that sin. You start listening to that and you start believing that. And next thing you know, you'll just let anything walk up into your life. There have been times in my life I said, Lord, you sure this is what you want? My, my feelings were saying no. God was saying yes. And I can look back at those times and say, God, you was right. I, I wouldn't have done it that way. But you did it that way, and I come out a lot better on this side than I was in there. If you start doing things your way, you're going to mess it up. We're living a day where everybody's trying to tell you on how you should worship God. Won't you just turn to the Word of God and let God tell you how to worship? You realize what, do you realize what they're saying in the text? The same thing the devil said in Matthew chapter 4. The devil said, if thou would fall down and worship me, I'll make you a kingdom of all the kingdoms of the world. These, these, these guys were trying to get disciples to do the same thing to what the devil tried to do. Even though it sounds good, even though it looks good, it feels good, it ain't good tonight. They're trying to tell them to do this and do that. And the Lord said, don't listen to all that. Listen, everybody in the world is trying to find a new way to serve God. Everybody's trying to find a new way to have church. A new way to do things. There, there's no secret in the Word of God. This is what you do. You choke up in the ship, grab an oar, and start living for God. It's not a secret. Well, we're going to have to have a committee to think about that. Yeah, committees. It's, not, it's nothing new. Just start working for the Lord. The Word of God is our protection. The Bible said it's a sword under the Spirit. It protects us. How do you know why we make so much about the preaching of the Word of God? There's a reason why. We have not gotten rid of the pulpit. Churches today have just gotten rid of the pulpit. And I don't even know what's standing up. Under. I'm not... I, I'm going to knock them. I don't care. I'm going to knock them anyway. I'm telling you, the Bible says bring forth your best. Present your best. Be in the best that you can. And this is the best I've got. If the best I had was blue jeans and a cut-off shirt, maybe, maybe. But when you take this, what, we, what do we put right here? What's right here? The Word. The Word's right here. And you take this away, you no longer have a place for the Word of God. 
The Word of God is preeminent over everything in the church. It should have the highest place in the church. All you have to do, move out of the way. Move it away, and it's no longer the focus of the church. Now the focus on things other than the Word of God. Now, I, 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 you know, I, you know, I love the fact is that we don't know all who's going to heaven. Praise God, I'm not the one that gets to choose who and who don't. A lot of people would be upset. I'm not the one to choose. And you may call me old-fashioned, and I don't care, because I am old. I'm sitting my ways, can't change. But that's where the church goes. It's no longer to focus on the Word of God. We focus on the praise teams, the light shows, smoke screen, and the jump trials. we got to have those. Super Bowl season's coming pretty soon. We're going to have a Super Bowl party here. I invited a lot of key people. I invited Abraham. He's coming to the Super Bowl. Why? Because he was searching for a victory. He never found it. He was looking for a city that was not built by hand. So I brought him here so he can help us to search. Got Daniel. Why, why are you going to bring that? Got Daniel coming here. Why? Because he, was, he fought against the lions and he won. Got David. Why you got David? Oh, boy. He's on our side because he's after God's own heart. That's why we got David. I'm bringing the three Hebrew boys. They're going to come here. Why? Because when it gets hot, they stay true. We need to stay true. Amen. Bringing Paul. Paul is the man that says, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to play this way. We're going to do it that way. And if you stick to this plan, you will win in the end. We're having a Super Bowl party here. Amen. Just won't be on Jumbotrons and all that stuff. But that's where churches are going today. That's what churches are doing today. And, and you know, I can't say they're all lost. They're not giving the people what they need, and that is the Word of God. If we just heed to the Word of God and what God said, don't worry about what the multitude of people are doing. Don't worry about what the church down the road is doing. Don't worry about what the world is trying to tell you. How do you supposed to do this? I care, care less about the opinions of the world on how I should work, worship and conduct myself if it's Christian because I got what God said I should do. If people would just submit, get in the boat and go to the other side. They're looking something new. Following that simple command, get in the boat and go to the other side. What can it do for you? It gives you protection. But they were in a storm. Yeah, but they didn't sink. Amen. They were doing what God told them to do. 
they had the protection of them. Listen, if you're living under the umbrella of God's word, that provides protection in life. They got this movement now. I didn't believe it, but I had to pull it up. You can pull them up. Everything I get, I tell you, it's from YouTube. I'm not making this stuff up. This stuff is word. It's real. Now they got this movement saying that Satan was not the bad guy. Yeah. Satan actually has set us free from the bondage of God. God said, you can't do this, can't do that. And Satan has come along and said, yeah, you can. So now they're saying, Satan just might not have been the bad guy. Really? That's the world we're living in. That's what we're facing today. That's what we're seeing in the world today. And you know what? It's starting to filter down to the young kids that when that generation, when this generation comes up, there will be no more churches, there will be no more Bibles, there will be no more saying God, there will be no more worshiping Jesus. Why? Because they say, hey, Satan is the good guy, God is the bad guy. 